The promise of America is being squandered. How are we going to restore our nation back to a sensible, citizen-centric government? Welcome to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. Joyce is a businesswoman, not a politician. And she's here to offer pragmatic, possible, and postpartisan solutions for the 21st century. Now, here's your host for Reimagine America, Joyce Cordy. Here we are on day two of the 21-day San Francisco Bay Area shutdown. So far, it really isn't too bad. In my neighborhood, here in the heart of Silicon Valley, the adherence on day one was spotty. But it appears that most people are doing their part today. Working remotely is second nature to tech industry workers. Technical innovation has made it easier and easier for workers in many industries to come together collaboratively from remote locations. I'm not worried about the ability of our hundreds, if not thousands, of technology companies to continue to do their work with little noticeable inconvenience to their global users. As Silicon Valley does its part to address this really terrible and tragic healthcare crisis. Welcome to the Reimagine America Radio Hour. I'm not a businesswoman, I'm a politician. I solve problems, I don't make them. And you, as you and I have watched this crisis unfold, I've been amazed at the slow, halting, confused, and inept response of our national leaders. Every day, I add to my mountain of questions about the fragility of our healthcare system, the fragility of our internal national supply chain, the fragmentary response of our government agencies. There's a lack of coordination, a lack of integration, a lack of cooperation, a lack of executive management at the federal level. It's a failure of the, of the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, and the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, to go on a pandemic emergency footing as soon as, as early as December, when pandemic specialists at the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, first warned of an outbreak in China, of an unknown virus. We've been here before. And yes, we've all heard NBC's Ken Delaney's reporting that the intelligence agencies kept quiet for fear of angering the president. But that does not excuse the fact that they knew what was coming and they did not immediately start to prepare for the inevitable, that they didn't anticipate what the president would need to do well before he was willing to do it. They knew, damn it, and they were afraid of the wrath of Donald J. Trump and his re-election blinders. And that is an unacceptable failure of leadership throughout our federal government. But we are here. We are here in the ever-widening Northern California Petri dish. Here in Santa Clara County, we have more than 175 cases of the virus diagnosed. That's the highest of any county in California. 
but no county in the metropolitan Bay Area has been spared because like the other metropolitan centers in the country, there are, the, the barriers are, are just lines on a map. They do nothing in terms of how people live their lives or move about. So we're all one big metropolitan area. So the theory goes that if all of us stay in our homes, except for a rare trip to the grocery or drugstore, for a period of 21 days, the 14-day incubation period will reveal most of the active infection in the region, helping to flatten the curve of infection and preventing an overflow of patients in our hospitals. And, the theory goes, if it works here, it can be used in other metropolitan regions of the country to slow the rate of infection. And it's important to note that the Italian national shutdown is now in its second week and the caseload continues to rise. Is that, as scientists believe, a result of the incubation period? We're going to know about the effectiveness of the Italian experiment in, let's say, another week to 10 days. Did that national shutdown, in fact, bend the curve of infection? Then, and only then, we'll be able to compare it to our own experience here in California. If the experiment works, it buys time for the health system to gear up across the country. And buying time is what we have to do right now because we didn't begin to prepare when we had the time. A government that claims to have done tabletop exercises for pandemic preparedness every year is totally unprepared when the pandemic really hits. What do you say about a government so wound up about its own importance that it doesn't permit private pharmaceutical companies to begin to develop diagnostic tests? Only the CDC. The CDC has no, you know, large-scale production capability. And what do you say about a CDC laboratory system that didn't begin the process of acquiring the millions of nasal swabs and testing reagents it would need while it was confirming that its little test worked? Yes, one of the principal delays in testing at this very moment remains the availability of nasal swabs to administer the test, as well as the disposable protective clothing for medical staff who administer the test, which makes me wonder, did we learn nothing from the Ebola crisis or the N1H1 crisis of a decade ago? Was there no coordination between laboratory and logistics within a single disease control organization reputed to be the best in the world? A lot of questions to which we will need to get answers. Congress will need to get answers and get them quickly. But right now, we're in an emergency. And at least Congress has passed and the president has signed the first emergency relief bills to help people who don't have paid sick leave, who don't have paid family time off, who are losing their jobs due to the need for social distancing, people who work in restaurants, bars, casinos, hotel, and, and other hospitality sites, people 
people whose livelihoods are being sacrificed for the greater good should be made whole. That means the states, the various 50 states, should start paying unemployment insurance to those workers today. And then just send the bill to Washington for however much it, it has to be and, forever how, and for however long it's going to take. Those people live paycheck to paycheck. They need the help for however long this crisis lasts. If it lasts to July, they're going to need that help through August. If it lasts until November, they're going to need it for the rest of the year. I was happy to receive emails from some of my favorite retailers saying that they're planning to pay their workers all of their scheduled hours during this three-week local emergency. To me, that is stepping up, and we should make a point of patronizing those retailers after the crisis passes. What we don't need what we don't need to do is to have Congress add hundreds of billions of dollars of unnecessary spending to the national credit card because it feels good. Sending money to every American household. It's not my wallet that needs the help, it's my portfolio. And that goes the same for my neighbors. They're working remotely. Their direct deposit checks will still be deposited directly. Not everyone whose job goes away temporarily is going to be unemployed. Amazon is hiring 100,000 new employees and raising wages for everyone. Every grocery store in America has a help wanted sign out during this emergency as we stop eating out and start stocking our pantries. Commercial bakers, bakeries will need more bread makers, more delivery people. I could go on and on, but you get the picture. The cash for everyone is a political ploy. It may be the new way of saying we're going to have publicly financed elections. But it won't work because it's poorly timed. If the government does need to stimulate the economy, cash for everyone should be the celebration after the crisis is managed and we can spend money again on travel and entertainment and leisure and all the things that a 70% consumer service-oriented economy spends money on that are all socially not distant. What gives me confidence is that we, the American people, are the most entrepreneurial and intrepid folks on earth. The often, often maligned drug industry sees an opportunity to make money. Roche has introduced a test for COVID-19 and says it can be shipping 400,000 units this week and double that next week and ramp it up really quickly from there. Google's little ver verily you know, I need, I, do I need a test tool is now up and running for residents of Santa Clara County and San Mateo County. And it is paired with a drive-through site at the Santa Clara County Fairgrounds and apparently also at Stanford University. Every microbiologist who has ever looked at a corona-type virus, and you know, every common cold is a corona-type virus, that everyone who's ever looked under the microscope at those little creatures is rushing to be the Nobel Prize winner who develops a Tamiflu-type therapy for COVID-19. 
betting that a vaccine will take longer. And I, for one, I am rooting for all of your profit-driven souls. Learning from Donald Trump's bet noir, Jeff Bezos, and his Amazon empire, Walmart, all of our largest grocers and drug chains, including the combined target CVS, are responding to this crisis with a transformation of our national supply chain from the old spoke and wheel mentality of centralized warehouses to a direct store model. And what about our major suppliers? The absence of toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Frankly, I'd give my eye teeth for a can of Lysol spray. Coronavirus has created a national shortage of toilet paper. These suppliers are going to have to ramp up production, and that means hiring. Ventilator manufacturers don't need militarization. They just need purchase orders that justify increasing their production of urgently needed equipment. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them haven't already been building to inventory waiting for those purchase orders. And if we need more capacity, it sounds like the car industry might have some spare capacity after their deep cleaning shutdown. The same is true of swab manufacturers and protective clothing manufacturers. If 3M's factory is at capacity, well, let's teach some auto workers how to make some masks and gowns because people in a shutdown environment are not going to go out and buy cars, right? So we can teach them how to do this. American industry and American workers are the most productive in the world. Look what we did in World War II. And we didn't have all the robots and automation and, and um, you know, just-in-time manufacturing techniques and tools that we have today. The American military is the most capable fighting force in the world. This is a fight. They need orders so they can join the fight. What this country needs at this moment is one clear clarion voice, a single knowledgeable leader, a decision maker giving clear direction to every facet of American government and industry. The single goal of this single decision maker is to beat COVID-19 while the American economy while giving the American economy a solid platform to relaunch. Politics, politics has nothing to do with this. In fact, the politics will solve themselves and restore your 401k and my portfolio if we can beat corona to a pulp. This is no time to panic, but the stimulus package Congress pr promises must be bold and it must be the relaunching pad of our robust economy. We'll be back in a couple of days to talk about bailouts and what we taxpayers should have learned from the last one. Thanks for listening to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. You can learn more at reimagineamerica.org. Got a comment or an idea for a future show? Email Joyce at reimagineamerica.org or find her on Twitter at Joyce Cordy or at Reimagine Radio. Take a minute now and go to reimagineamerica.org. 
Join the forum. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you love the podcast, donate and tell others. You can invite Joyce to speak at your next meeting or conference through reimagineamerica.org. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at ricochet.com or c-sweetnetwork.com. That's c-sweetnetwork.com. Together, we really can reimagine America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.